You're listening to The Broken Meeple Show, a podcast that speaks passionately about board games for the benefit of those who play them. My name's Luke Hector, best known for The Broken Meeple YouTube channel, and I'm an everyday gamer just like you. And I'll be talking about reviews, top tens, and just about anything that connects me to board games. As long as I have a tea or coffee in hand, that is. So grab a cup, relax, and enjoy. And remember, it's only a game. Hi everyone, Luke Hector from The Broken Meeple here for another show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Somebody help me. It's the 31st of January and if you are if you have any knowledge of the UK system uh, of governance and that, January is the deadline usually for UK people to get their tax returns in. And I'm a chartered tax accountant. So what do you think I've been doing this last month and a half like while stressed out of my mind? Well, it's inevitable that at the end of January, everything piles up and you've got to get it all done. This year's that, and then some. Because as well as it being packed, remote working and dodgy, in, dodgy IT and just general other things like backlogging us like crazy, lack of staff. You know, we've literally been down to the wire. I've had to work a lot of overtime for January. I think I've done a good 12 hours already this weekend. And I'm paranoid that I'm going to have a look at my phone at some point And my boss is going to send some email saying like, you know, oh, could you finish this? Can you finish this or something? And it's like, you know, I'm... I'm basically darting in and out, doing a bit of work, taking a break, doing a bit of work, taking a break, and just like, you know, getting it done. You know, I'll get my work done by all means, but I need, when it's the weekend, it's hard for me to actually do job work. I need to like take a break every now and again. And obviously, I want to get this podcast out. So after today, we should be in better stance. They did extend the deadline, apparently, from end of January to end of February, but still, that doesn't change the fact that a lot of our clients don't want to, like, get interest charged on their tax and all that stuff. So it's like, you know, we still had to get most of them done by the end of January. So it's been uh, tough, which is why production on the Broken Meeple has been a little bit slow lately. It's, you know, I was able to get that uh, Praga Kaput Rigney one done and... You know, that was a first impressions experimental video, which was hit and miss. People kind of like the idea of me doing first impressions, but the problem I had with it was if I load it up and uh, hopefully yeah, mute, the in, mute the audio, um, it was fine. I mean, I like the concept of me doing first impressions, but the, the problem that I came across was uh, two things. One, I was meant to keep this short, like very short. Unfortunately, me being me, I rabbit a lot. So <laughs> this was unscripted. So I basically talked and talked about it, but then I ended up going into effectively a detailed review for the game. So the video took as long as a typical review did, which is not how it's supposed to be. So future ones are going to be a lot quicker and a lot less detailed. Like I won't even use the detail format. I'll just talk about it, try and cap myself at 10 minutes max and go with it. But on top of that, I recorded some footage for it on tabletop simulator because delicious games have sanctioned this mod so this mod is not unofficial so this is fine don't get on my case anybody who's going on about that on twitter at a moment um so i recorded a whole playthrough four player and i was looking at everything problem was i recorded it on an old software i used to use for a video editing called camtasia which has a screen recorder in it after i looked at the footage it was basically as if i was on the screen doing this Yeah, you know, for those listening, basically I am jerking around like a madman. So it it was it was choppy, it was stuttery, it was horrible, and I just could not use that footage. It was just unusable. But I still had to get the video out, so I had to basically record myself doing a solo playthrough very quickly and use that footage. The problem is, you only get so much of the game through me playing it solo. And it's not quite as interesting. So I kind of had to fill it in with a few imagery and that. And this one took a long time to edit when it really should have been a quick video. So like I say, it was an experiment. People caught me out on it. You know, people sort of gave me some good constructive feedback. And I know it was too long. I need to be careful with the footage I'm doing. Uh, if I am doing a first impressions, I mean, if I can use TTS, I'll use TTS. But if the publisher does not sanction me using TTS, then I need to... Uh, either use something that is sanctioned like maybe tabletopia you know tabletopia has usually got sanctioned mods on there so i could use that 
Uh, failing that, I'll just have to basically do a vlog like this, where I just hold up the game, show a few pieces, maybe a few photos, and talk about it, but try to keep it at 10 minutes and no more. So this one was a kind of a bit of a miss for me, really. I wasn't particularly happy with this video, but I had to get something out. And so, you know, some people have still watched it, but still, we're only talking a thousand views. This is pretty poor for a video that I want to justify that length of editing time. But as I say, you live and you learn. So we'll see how things go for the future. However, on a positive note for the channel, I can certainly tell you that there's some good stuff on the horizon because once um, this January tax season is done, then I can get back to some decent blogging and, you know, actually spend some time on the blog. And so the idea is, is that in the lineup, I am going to be playing some games of uh, Merv solo. Uh, I've got uh, what else have I got? I've got Taiwan Tinsuyu that I might play solo, I don't know. But what I have got downstairs is I've got Masters of Renaissance, uh, the Lorenzo e Magnifico card game, as it's called, and Ginkopolis. And both of them have solo modes in them. So I hopefully should be able to play those solo and give you a solo review of the game. I probably won't be able to play the multiplayer because we're still in lockdown for another month. But, you know, we'll, I'll certainly be able to do what I can. Although I think Masters of Renaissance might have a TTS mod. So maybe I can get away with that one, at least playing some multiplayer games of it. But, you know, those two are going to be on the horizon to do some proper reviews. Uh, but here's the real juicy stuff. Firstly, full review, proper like Lost Ruins of Arnak and Under Falling Skies, full review. Dune Imperium. Not first impressions, full review. I've played it enough times. I've got all the knowledge I know to make a decent review of it. That is coming in the works. That will probably be the next big production I do. Uh, secondly, I've got an idea for a new series. And yes, I know I say this a lot. It's like, Luke, come on, how many series do you have? <laughs> it's like, you are experimenting so much. And it's like, well, yeah, that's kind of how I do things, really. I mean, the only way for this channel to evolve and set itself apart from the crowd is to try and evolve the channel and test new things, even if it means that I've got to get a dartboard, throw stuff at it and see what sticks. Because a lot of people have literally just come in and done the same thing as everybody else does. And for some reason, that seems to be hugely popular, but never mind. You know, but I want to be a little bit different. And so I've got an idea for a little mini series I want to do, which I don't know what to call it yet. Uh, so if you've got any ideas, feel free to put them in the comments. So if, if, I, if there's one that I choose that I like, I'll give you a shout out. But I want to do an expansion specific series. And we're talking short videos. We're talking five minutes, seven, eight minutes tops. We're talking short. I do not want them to be long videos and I will make certain they are not long. But people ask me, what do you think of this expansion? What do you think of this expansion? Should I get this expansion? And the problem is, if I was the Dice Tower, this wouldn't be a problem. I've got all the time in the world to make videos. I work on it every day. But I'm not in the Dice Tower. I'm just me. I have a job. I don't have time to do a full edited, five-hour editing review for an expansion. You know, it's not going to get the views and it's not going to get a lot of hits. And I know this from... Well, one exception, one expansion I reviewed got a ton of views, and that was Architects of the West Kingdom, but the Age of Artisans one. Don't ask me how that got so many views. I think that was a one-off, and even then, that only got about two and a half, three thousand views, so it's still not loads. But what I want to do is a very quick video where I basically just stand in front of my shelf, or more, more likely sit at this table, because to be honest, I kind of miss having this as a backdrop for some videos. So I might do the full reviews in the other room, but I might do vlogs and like just sit down videos in here because it's nice in here. It's my game room. It's my little den. But what I'll do is I'll take an expansion on its own and talk about what it does for the game. So I'll say, this is what's included. This is how it changes things up and then give a quick review of, do I think the expansion is worth getting pros and cons? And so I can tackle things like the, well, I've already done age of artisans. So maybe I won't do that one. I'll just point you to my review on that. But I could certainly do Abyss Leviathan. I could do uh, Civilization A New Dawn, Terror Incognita. That would be fine. What other cool expansions are there? I mean, I already did the Pursuit of a Happiness expansion, so I probably wouldn't do that. Um, if I ever get a chance to play it in Wingspan Oceana, I could probably look at. Uh, is there anything else that's had a major expansion that's uh, worth talking about? And when I say expansion, I don't just mean more of the same. I don't just mean like, oh, Arkham Horror released a new... Uh, Two scenarios and some extra cards. Whoopee. I mean, I'm not going to review those ones because they're just more of the same. It's not like I'm going to tell you don't get this. It's diabolical. So what I'm talking about are expansions that make a fundamental difference to the mechanical nature or 
you know, workings of the game. So the ones I just mentioned before, like Leviathan for Abyss, and even Kraken for Abyss I could do, and also Terra Incognita for um, Civilization and New Dawn, they fundamentally change some of the workings in the game or add new mechanics. That sort of stuff is worth talking about. And, you know, I reckon that'll be a cool series. So let me know your thoughts on that in the comments. Is that something you feel like you'd like to see? If so, I will get cracking and I will probably make the first video I do Abyss Leviathan, actually. I think that'll be a good easy starting point. I might even do Abyss Leviathan and Abyss Kraken in two separate videos. You know, get it all done there and then. Obviously, I won't go mad on clips and, you know, tons of extra imagery and stuff like that because I want to keep them short and sweet and simple. I mean, at the moment, most of the trending channels on Twitter seem to be getting away with literally just switching the camera on and talking for half an hour. So I feel like I should be able to get away with some videos that don't use a ton of flashy effects. But that's just something I got in mind. So let me know your thoughts. But here's the, I already said, here's the juicy bit. Now, nah, here's the real juicy bit. And don't worry, I will get onto the plot of this episode soon. <laughs> you know, I always use the start of my podcast to talk about channel highlights. But I got some good stuff coming up on my live content. You know, the collaboration I did with Board Game Co., uh, the 10 second-ish reviews. Well, by the way, he's got part two on his channel. So go check out um, Alex on Board Game Co. for part two of our 10 second-ish reviews. That was a uh, really good fun to do. But there's more on the horizon. I just put them on StreamYard, so they should be there. Come on. Come on, Dater. Hmm. Things being a bit low, but uh, ah, here we go. I've got two upcoming. Originally, I did have this one as the only thing in February. Top 10 two-player games with Ryan and Bethany from Ryan and Bethany Board Game Reviews. So they, I said I was going to do something with them a while ago. And it's taken a while. I uh, don't know why I'm trying to play the video. There isn't one there. But essentially, we're going to do top 10 two-player games. And I mean two-player only games. So not multiplayer games. Best with two. I've already done a separate list for that. You can find it on my channel. But I think it was a good three years ago that I did a two-player only games list. Maybe two years ago. I think it's time for an update. And so I want to update it. They've only done one about five months ago. So... I don't know how much that will change, but I've not watched it. So I'm going to be surprised by their choices, and then I'll watch the old one after I've done this video. But this one is going to air, I believe. Have we got the time on here? Does it show the time on here? This is kind of weird. I would expect them to show more information on the screen, really. Uh, oh, here we go. Yes, yeah, schedule. February the 21st at 9.30 p.m. GMT. So translate translate that to your uh, various time zones as you can it is a bit late in the day i admit although for the american crowd this should be ideal for the european crowd just might be a bit of a late night for you and obviously if you're in australia and call blimey but you know this was the best time they could do they've got to uh, tailor things around their daughters so you know i have to I have to do it a bit later than usual, but yep, this should be pretty good. And I think February the 21st is a Saturday, is it not? It's a Saturday. No, it's a Sunday. Sunday at 9.30 GMT. So that's going to be fun. But people have asked about this one for a long time in the making. I've said I'm going to do it. We're doing it. It's official. We have a time and date. I've just got to do my ranking of the list. I've already got the shortlist ready. But... Me and Board Gaming Ramblings, that is Johannes and Sunova, are doing our top 10. Finally, we're doing a collaboration together. And I don't know why the internet is being chopped. It's probably because I've got my work stuff open in the other room and it's just been a bit of a pain. But maybe if I load up uh, my Twitter page, I can find it a bit easier. That would be a bit better. And find it. Come on, I will find it for you. But basically, yes, we're doing it. Here we go. That's better so games you're wrong about with board game rambling so you know we're finally going to do our crossover event people have asked about this for ages i've wanted to do something with them for so long because we're but we're all good friends here okay <laughs> you know we do get on well and we do have a lot of games we like but we do disagree about a few other games but we're both just sort of very I don't know, both, all three of us are kind of like jolly and passionate about games. You know, we're happy to talk about them in any way and it doesn't get on each other's nerves or anything like that. And we've played together at conventions, we've hung out at PortalCon and it's just, you know, they're great people and I just love hanging out with them. So we're finally going to do it and it was going to be pre-recorded. The other one is uh, definitely live with Ryan and Bethany Board Games. This one was going to be pre-recorded. They've now accepted to do it live. 
So both of these are going to be live. And this one is only on the 6th of February. 5 o'clock GMT, 6 o'clock uh, Central European time, uh, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. I think that's what it is. But yep, we're finally doing it. Top 10 games you're on about where we take 10 games the other channel likes and tell them why they're wrong. Tongue in cheek, but should be a good laugh. I mean, as you can see, I'm represented by the angry, uh, the angry emotion from inside out. You know, so you can imagine how this will go. But yeah, this is gonna be fun, and this is next Saturday, Saturday the sixth of February. So uh, get ready; it's gonna be a fun one. All right. So, yep, some good stuff on the horizon. Now, before I get into the real meat, I also want to do a channel shout out, and I'm gonna do this every podcast as well because you remember I did promos on previous episodes where um, on the videos last year I was doing a, a channel shout out at the end of every YouTube video that was really good and it got some good uh, feedback and I'm glad that those channels I helped out uh, sent me their promos and I was able to get them some extra subscribers but it was hard to sort of fit it at the end of the video and keep the video length down and I ran out of promos to do like people I'd, I'd exhausted all the videos I'd been sent that were usable because I I got sent, let's say I got sent 50 videos, probably 47 of them were used and three of them weren't usable because the audio and the visuals were too bad. You know, so there had to be a limit. But, you know, that, that worked quite well. But I still want to help out smaller channels because at the moment we have far too much emphasis on, uh, on doing... Like the big leagues are just like taking over a bit too much at the moment. And if you go on Twitter, it's literally the same five channels you see being broadcasted constantly. Like always, there's a subgroup on Twitter that just basically shares the same three or four channels in their own little friendship group. And that's it. Nothing else gets shared. And it's just like, come on, there's a lot of channels out there that do good stuff and deserve a bit of support. And if someone, if you're not going to support them, you know, the big league players, then I guess I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to be the voice of the people or something, or the voice of the board gaming community and get more of a shout out to these other channels who, to be honest, I prefer watching compared to a lot of the bigger channels that are just getting the trending at the moment. And, you know, they do good stuff. They talk about games. They have unique perspectives. They, they have their own opinions and they're no different from some of these other trending channels. They switch the camera on, they get together and they talk about games or they play through a game. So why do they not get the love and yet the other one doesn't when it's the same sort of content? You know, I don't get it. It's it. Twitter is turning into a bit of a popularity contest, I got to admit. But, uh, you know, Twitter is not what it used to be for board gaming content. I think uh, Facebook groups are a little bit better. And certainly I think uh, Instagram is starting to come into its own now, which I might have to start looking into a bit more, actually, how to make Instagram work for me, because I've only got so many followers on Instagram, but I know nothing about the platform and how to use it, like maybe do some video stuff on it. I don't know. I'd, I need to look into it in more detail. But for a shout out, funny we're talking about Instagram. Looking at Board Game Perspective. Board Game Perspective, 1,300 followers on Instagram, and this is their primary platform. They do have a YouTube channel, we'll get onto that in a minute, but this is Jody and Justin, husband and wife, and they basically photograph and review games or play through them. So I don't know who's the principal photographer, I think it's Justin, but the photos they put up with are really good. I mean, you hear about names like Steph Hodges and a couple of other people who are like pretty good with their photos, but I've got to admit, you know, assuming it's Justin, you know, he's pretty good with his photos as well. I mean, I would happily have these photos on my videos or on calendar pictures and that. I mean, I'd love to have somebody like this doing photos for the channel or something, because then I could use decent photos in my videos and not just ones that I can find or do myself. But I think these are really good images. You got to give this person credit. Well, give this team credit. And, you know, they only, you know, 1,000 followers on Instagram a while back. I think they're 1,300 now. They're doing pretty well on the Instagram front. So certainly have a look at that channel and consider subscribing to that. But they do have a YouTube channel as well. And this is where I feel a little bit kind of sad, really, because they're lovely people. They sent me a promo last year. It looks like a cool channel. They've got a nice photo there that looks, you know, professional enough. And, you know, they don't have a ton of videos, about 50 or so, but, you know, still a decent amount of content there. They do reviews, they do a couple of, like, giveaways, they did a point-sided one, but look at these views. 14, 20, 20, 33, 71, 243 subscribers. Granted, they're more interested in Instagram than they are YouTube, but come on, give these people a break. Subscribe to their channel and give them a look, because they do do some nice videos. They've got, what have they got here? Reviews of Castles of Tuscany. 
you know, a few people like that. Coleco, Viscounts of the West Kingdom, uh, Paladins of the West Kingdom, How to Play Video, Cottage Garden, uh, not heard of Cosmic Colonies, I'm not sure what that is. They've got some games we played, vlogs, a game we played November, October. I mean, I guess they just need to keep the content regular in order to keep it afloat. But, you know, the underwater cities, Tekenu, uh, Mara, is it Mariposas? I don't know how you pronounce it. Reavers and Midgard, they got some stuff there. They're nice people. It's a cool little channel, you know, and I have to admit, I don't know why I hadn't clicked the subscribe button before. So uh, that's going to be rectified right now. So consider me your uh, 244th subscriber or whatever it is, because uh, I, I think I'm subscribed to them on Instagram. I just hadn't done the YouTube one yet. So, uh, you know, sorry about that. But yeah, give them a look and uh, see what you think. So what is the point of this episode? Right. Well, Jim Phillips. You might know him as the uh, designer of various games like Architects of the West Kingdom, Paladins of the West Kingdom, Viscounts of the West Kingdom, Raiders of the North Sea, X of the North Sea, X of the whatever sea. It's like they've basically done two trilogies and they're, they're mostly very good games. <laughs> there was two in the North Sea trilogy I wasn't a fan of. Uh, I love Raiders of the North Sea though, ranked 9 out of 10 in the other room. Um, I love Viscounts, 10 out of 10. I absolutely adore and love and betrothed Architects of the West Kingdom, 10 out of 10. Paladins, not as big on anymore. It started off as an 8, now I think it's dropped to a 6. Um, I kind of have seen a few chinks in the armor on that one. But like I say, they've made three games that I'm just like over the moon for. They're on my shelf and they ain't gonna leave. You know, these are like brilliant like worker placement or kind of like worker placement slash... Tableau deck building games, you know, they've got some interesting ideas, but I just love the the art the art it uses. It's colorful, the me mechanisms are nice and solid, they're smooth, they're sh fairly streamlined for midweight Euros. And so, you know, give those games a look. But as you can see, Shem surprised the hell out of me recently and did a top 100. And everybody's trying to do a top 100 now. I mean, most of this week I've only survived by going through the Dice Towers top 100 and, uh, Interesting lists, to say the least. Funny as anything. You know how much I talk about that channels should have natural banter and natural humor, not just, you know, I don't know if this is a saying that could work, but I believe that, you know, natural humor comes from a comes from the person as opposed, yeah, natural humor comes from the person as opposed to the tip of a pen. I don't know how to phrase that saying, but basically the more you try and script humor, the more you've got to be really, really good at it. You've got to be a talented person to do it. And I watch things like Nostalgia Critic, <clears throat> sorry, and Screen Rant and stuff like that because they have got talented writers doing good humor. But when you script it, it's hard to always make it funny, but if you're just naturally funny and you're naturally bantering like the Dice Tower crew do on their top 100, I mean, I was laughing my head off on a lot of their jokes. They're so funny. But I've watched a few cringy videos lately where I've seen channels just like put out like what are supposed to be funny videos and I just find myself rolling my eyes. You know, it's very hard to script humor, but I digress. Shem surprised me with his top 100 and I haven't looked at it in detail. So what I thought I'd do for this podcast is Look at it in detail, you know, just go through it and see. I'm not, I'm not going to spend ages on it. I mean, I had to do full, like four hours talking about the board game Geek Top 100. I'm just going to kind of skim through it at a fairly fast pace, talk about very briefly, like maybe 10 seconds in each one. <laughs> yeah, we know how that went last time, don't we, Alex? But, you know, and if I don't recognize a game, maybe I'll look it up and just see what it's like on the screen. But, uh, you know, this is certainly going to be one for maybe the deluxe podcast viewers of you, but hopefully those of you listening in will be able to get something out of it as well, because I will mention the name. But if you want to see the top 100 itself, look on Shem Phillips Garf, Garp Hill Games Twitter account. You'll find it on there in this very, you know, very nice looking uh, big screenshot. So without further ado, two sips of my chamomile tea. Let's have a look. So hopefully you can see this fine on screen but i am going to read them out anyway right so what do we got then whoop hang on didn't go well ha there's any technical things there maybe if i zoom in can i zoom in uh whoop, yeah let's see Wah! what are you doing to me <laughs> i don't know what it's doing but it's not playing ball here we go come on zoom zoom no it, it won't it won't zoom into the actual image it will only zoom the page behind the image which kind of seems daft really but we'll go with it so 100 lanterns 
I've still not played this one. This one is a game, a little filler game that I really need to get to the table. I need somebody to show me this one. 99, Ma Matryoshka? Matryoshka, I have no idea what that is. At first, we haven't even barely started yet, and already I need to look up a game, because that one is an odd one for me. And I didn't even spell it right, that's how bad it is. Let's have a look. Uh, on, where is it? There we go. So, Matt, M-A-T-R-Y-O-S-H-K. So, M-A-T-R-Y, Matryoshka, 2017. Okay, I am not aware of what this game is. <laughs> Let's have a look. Huh? That it? Colourful game for the whole family. Simple and easy for younger kids and grown-ups. It's cute and colourful Matryoshka dolls. I'm not sure what a Matryoshka doll is. Is that Russian dolls? Yeah, it looks like the kind of Russian doll thing. Uh, none of them is the same. They all have different moves. The dealer has a deck of cards with different colour combinations. Each one matches the outfit of only one doll. Uh, the dealer opens the cards and players search for the matching one to copy or move. The first one to do this will receive the open card and then the dealer does one. So this is basically a quick response game. Uh, yeah, I gather that the reason this is high on this list is because he's playing this with his family. Um, because I, I mean, this is clearly a kids game, so I can't be too harsh on it. But yeah, this is this is definitely one for kids. Clearly, this must be a personal thing uh, with his family, which is all well and good. But yeah, whatever. Seven Bridges. Not aware of what that one is either. Is this going to be one of those top 100s where I don't recognize 90% of the games? Seven. This is a 2020 game. Wow. What have we got here then? Seven bridges. Stroll and write your way across seven bridges of Konigsberg. Wherever that is. Wait a minute. Is this a roll and write? A logic puzzle that makes its bridges famous. European city of Konigsberg. Where's Konigsberg? <laughs> My geography is not. Is it in Russia? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, seven bridges is a roll and write dice drafting game which players explore the historic city of Konigsberg by coloring and connecting streets on a map. Points are earned by seeing different parts of the city, but the various ways to earn these points are only unlocked by crossing the city's seven bridges. I know very, well, very little. I know nothing about this game. It's a roll and write. I'm kind of bored with roll and writes now. That's a pretty interesting looking map, though. I'll give it that. And it does look like there's a little bit more to this game than just, uh, you know, any old typical roll and write. But uh, never heard of this one. I mean, why have I heard nothing about this? Was it only released in a certain area? I don't recognize the puzzling pixel games. 2020? Never heard of it. Hmm. All right. 97, El Grande. Ah, yes. I've not played this one either, but I would like someone to teach me this. But the area control game with the cube tower, I'd go with it. 96, number nine. Number nine, it's an okay filler. You know, you're stacking the numbers on top of each other and you're trying to lay them. You can only lay them in certain ways and you're trying to increase your levels. It's a neat little filler, but I didn't go mad for it. 95, Small Star Empires. Not played that one. Uh, that sounds familiar, though. I do hope I can get through this list uh, fairly quickly, I must admit. Small Star Empires, 2016. I ranked it a five. Oh, I know what this is. This is the one where, yes, you, it's, it's kind of like, hey, that's my fish, but in space, you basically have these little rocket ships, you've got these stations that you're building, and you've got to move your ship in like a straight line across the map, but once things get clogged up, you can't move through them, so it's effectively, hey, that's my fish in space. I found it average. I gave it a five. It's fine. I just didn't really think that much of it. Took too long for what it was, I think. I think I'd rather play, hey, that's my fish. Uh, New Haven, New Haven, blimey, I'll, I'll say one thing for you, Sheb, you have really come up with some games that I barely know anything about, what is New Haven? Build shared resources with any eye on keeping the most for your own buildings, that doesn't, uh, tell me jack, uh, it's a pretty looking cover though, I'll give it that, yeah, that is pretty nice, work the land, grow your colony, this sounds like something that Uwe Rosenberg should have done, uh, New Haven R&R games, I'm surprised I've not heard of this one, Ugh, player screens. I don't like player screens. Player screens are the devil. <laughs> Set in colonial New England. Well, that will get some people a little bit fired up lately. Uh, players must develop the riches of the land and build a thriving settlement. Players place tiles strategically to a shared game board to cut timber, quarry stone, plant fields of wheat, and fill pastures of fat sheep. Are we sure this isn't a Rosenberg game? 
Players then use these resources to erect buildings on their own village boards, attempting to complete rows and columns for population points. Whoever can build the biggest, most prosperous town will end up with the biggest population and win the game. A tile lane board with a drafting concept. Okay. I mean, it doesn't look... It's not the best looker, I could say. I mean, it's colourful, but it looks fairly basic. Uh, but, I mean, the idea of tile lane... I mean, it looks kind of abstracted, but... I don't know. Looks like a nice little villa. I mean, I do think it's got a very nice looking cover. It is a very nice cover. All right. Uh, 93 Lost Cities. Cool two-player only game. It's on my list. Will that appear on my future top 10 two-player only games list? You'll have to wait and see. Between Two Cities, 92. Not a fan of that one. It's okay, but it, it got very boring very quickly. Once that whole gimmick thing of sharing with your neighbor is gone, it's kind of done. And also, if you get one neighbor who doesn't know what they're doing or messes things up, then you're screwed. And it, I don't know. It, it was an interesting idea. Innovative, I'll give it that. But yeah, it didn't cite. 91 The Mine. This is hot garbage. Hot garbage indeed. I love the crew, but the mind was a pile of garbage. Sorry, but just guessing when you play a card. I'm sorry, there is no skill in this. There's no body language thing. You have to stay silent and not give anything away. So you are literally just guessing. It's a pile of garbage. Kiltos, number 90. Kiltos? That is not familiar to me. Uh... Must say, you're either coming up with um, unknown games or ones I don't recognize. That was Kiltos, wasn't it? Nope, sorry. Kitos. Kitos with two eyes. I'm not sure where that's from then. Form words with letters that may not be in your opponent's hands. Ranked 10,328 released last year. This is not filling me with confidence, mate. Uh, artist NA because there isn't any R on it. Fast tempo card based word game with simple rules. Can you make a word with the letters in your hand and what letters may not be in your opponents? Okay, so you play a letter and say a target word, then subsequent players build up the target word, either playing the next letter if they can or changing the target word dynamically if it can't be continued. Well, how do you do that then? Can your word be finished for positive points or can you trap your opponent to not being able to play and force them to pick up the unfinished word? Okay. That's an interesting concept. I've not heard that before. I mean, with word games, I like word games. I've only got paperback, really, that I like. Uh, but I would like to try Word on the Street. Um, but that's been out of print for ages. I don't think I'll ever see a copy of that. But, I mean, this idea sounds interesting. Kind of gives me a vibe of Red 7, of playing a card and you have to be in the lead and continue on or something. I don't know. Interesting, but never heard of it. So, curious where that's been released. 89, Feudum. I am surprised. I mean, with the... The games that we've listed so far, these fairly small, lightweight fillers and that, for something like Feudum to be on your list, that is shocking. Not that I mind, though, because if Feudum... Well, if Feudum was more streamlined and easier to get to the table and not bloated as all get-out in terms of rules and components, it would be one of my favourite Euro games of all time. Because I played it once, it was a five-player, took forever, it was at a convention, but it's one of the most fun experiences I've had in a heavy Euro. The way those guilds work is so cool. How you've got the six different guilds with different roles and you can be like the leader of the guild or like the apprentice in the guild. I forget what the names are. And depending on which one you are, it gets you certain bonuses and you've got to rely on other players to do something with their guild so that it feeds into your guild. I thought that was brilliant. Looks cool on the table. I love the artwork in it. It's just a bugbear to learn and play. It's it's such a... It needed streamlining. It, it, it's a... Some people describe it as the best mess they've ever played. And it is. It is a huge mess. But it's such a good mess. <laughs> I would love to see a revised version of this with streamlined rules. 88, Above and Below. That's a cool game. Uh, but I think Near and Far supplanted it. Uh, Galaxy Trucker. Bleh. Not a big fan of that one. I mean, I get the humorish with it. But I hate that timed aspect of building up your ship. And then when you get to the second bit, you're basically just going through the motions. So yeah, not a fan of that one. 86, Castles of Mad King Ludwig. That's a cool game. I enjoy it, but I sold my copy because I have Suburbia, and I think out of the two, Suburbia is the better one. Am I backing the new, uh, the collector's version of Castles of Mad King Ludwig? Probably not, because as I said, couldn't really find the need to keep both games. It cost me enough to get the Suburbia one. I don't need Castles of Mad King Ludwig as well. Does look good though. 85, Clank. Yeah, I'm not as sold on Clank. I mean, Clank is a deck, I like deck builders, and Clank's okay, but... That dragon is so ineffectual. I've seen it eat like one person in the plays I've had. And even then, that person was on the way out. And I remember my first game, I tried to do the rush tactic. And I had to spend a good 25 minutes doing nothing while six turns played out. And the others just casually had fun, bought cards and beat me. 
it was, uh, I don't know. It, it's got some issues I have with it. 84 sentient. Ah, the, uh, the little, and say, I'm not going to bring them up on the screen like every single one. I'm only going to do that if I don't recognize the game because otherwise we'll be here all day. But, uh, hmm. Yeah, so 84 sentient. Yeah, that's that little puzzle dice game where you, you have these cards that are kind of like robots or something. And then depending on what dice, I don't remember enough about it. I just remember playing it and going, it's okay. I mean, it's got no theme whatsoever. The theme literally is just for the artwork. But it was an interesting little puzzle game with dice. Just nothing I'd want to really keep. 83, Forbidden Island. Wow, for that to be on your top 100. But um, I got Forbidden Desert. I still keep it as a good gateway game. And Desert, and sorry, an island is the gateway of gateway co-op games. So yeah, why not? 82, Seven Wonders Duel. That is way too low. Way too low. Should be much higher. Much higher. But it's on my shelf. Still love it. Love the solo mode in it. The Agora expansion, you can check out my podcast, I think the uh, last podcast I did, or the one before it, where I reviewed that. It's an okay expansion, it's a good expansion, but I would never play it because it bloats the game too much when you consider that Pantheon is a better expansion. So it's good, but unnecessary. Uh, Flam Rouge, 81, I have not played Flam Rouge in ages, and it's still on my shelf in the other room. The cycling racing game, where you got to like, get in the slipstream of your other cyclists, and you can tailor the track how you like, and it's just simple card playing. It's a really cool game. I want to play that again, actually. Oh, so many games I want to play again. Stupid COVID. You ruined my life. You ruined my gaming life. Uh, 80, Spirit Island. I do enjoy Spirit Island. The games I've played of it, I do enjoy. It's just way too complicated. It is a fiddly mess. <laughs> but it's a fun fiddly mess, you know, when you get going. But when you play it with too many players, it goes on way too long. And if I play it solo, I've got to remember 100 rules. So I do like it, and I do give it respect, and I can understand why it's popular. Just not one that I would find myself playing too often. 79. Oh, we get one that I don't recognize. Galilean Moons. Not heard of this one at all. Galilean Moons. Earth is that? Oh, for crying out loud. Jem, why do you have to come up with the ones that are difficult to spell? <laughs> Gal. Gal. Il. Ian. Moons. Gal. Il. Ian. Moon. I was typed in right. There we go. Oh, whatever. 9,000 rank. 2020. Control the moons of Jupiter and mine the valuable resources with your army of robots. Cult of the old much? Sorry, cult of the new. We got here then. Can't say the artwork is uh, single, although it's, I don't know, it's got some... Well, maybe I'm a little bit too uh, fast on that. No, it's clean. It's stark. No, actually, uh, all right, I'll... I'll take back what i said there i mean it's not exactly brimming with artwork but it looks like it's well produced and it's got some nice color to it so i'll give it credit for that so what on earth is it what do you do set in an alternate history of 1895 you must voyage to the four largest moons of jupiter in order to mine powerful crystals left behind from a mysterious meteor shower as you discover the power of each crystal you'll be able to research new ways to fend off rival nations who are after the same thing you are hmm okay it looks like a little area control game of controlling moons fair enough all right how long is this uh, taking me at the moment? So yeah, i got to make certain I get back to work at some point. Okay, so hopefully I recognize most of these games as we go up, though. 78, Santa Monica. Mm, I've not played that one. Um, I know of the game. It's just one I've not managed to play yet. 77, Lockup. I did a review of this. Check it up on the channel. Um, it's a good game. I think it's fine. It was just one I, I think I gave a 7. It wouldn't make my top 100, maybe my top 200 in the lower part of it. But uh, I thought it was okay. Isle of Sky. Does that get into my top 100 anymore? I think it's more in my top 150, but it's still on my shelf. With the Druids expansion, it is pretty good. Ooh, Druids expansion. That'd be a good one to do for that little mini-series. I shall uh, make a mental note of that. Uh, Capital Lux. Not played this one. That's uh, the... Uh, I forget what that one is. I'm going to skip that one. 74, For Sale. Really? For sales, okay. I mean, it works as a gateway intro game, but I mean, I'm not a big fan of auction games anyway, apart from stuff like maybe Biblios and that. So maybe that hinders it, but 74? Cool, blimey. 73, Villagers. Ah, Villagers is pretty cool. I'm still in the other room. It's getting a little bit repetitive now, though. It is kind of showing its, uh, uh, not age, but, you know, repeat plays are a little bit tricky to do with it, but it's still a nice little drafting game. I still like it. 72, Arboretium. Arboretium, or is that Arboret Arboretium? Oh, I don't know, it's the tree game. It sounds interesting. I've not played it. I've heard interesting things about the uh, 
the cadence of the game, the balance of it being a bit off, but I've yet to try it. 71 Stone Age. Cool worker placement game, gateway. By now, I think most people know what Stone Age is. 70 Star Wars Rebellion. Love the game, I just haven't played it in years because it's hard to get to the table, a three-hour two-player game. If COVID would just end, I would actually go out of my way to try and play it with a friend of mine. Even though it's going to be more complicated than what he's used to, I'll try and get him into it. But yeah, I do want to play that again. If only it had solo rules. If Star Wars Rebellion had solo rules, it would be insane. City 69, Libertalia. It's okay. I mean, people say, oh, I prefer this to Citadels. Nah, Citadels would easily be better than this. The problem is, is that you lose track of what people have in their hands and then it's very chaotic with lots of players. So the whole playing them in the ship and having them resolve just becomes a bit of a crapshoot at times. Good artwork. And I guess I'm not a big fan of pirates either. That doesn't help. 68, Anachrony. Fantastic. Yes, where is it? Um, It's right behind me. But yes, I've got the big limited version. In fact, actually, that'll be a good one for the miniseries. The uh, Fractures of Time expansion. Problem is, I gotta play it myself yet. It's gonna be a brain burner. 67 Five Tribes. Cool. Yep, it's on the shelf somewhere. There it is. Haven't played it in a while, actually, but uh, still think it's a solid game. 66 New Angeles. Oh, somebody else with some love for New Angeles. The diplomacy game from Fantasy Flight set in the Netrunner universe. It's a, for six players, you want a two and a half, three hour diplomacy game. I'll take that. I know some people are lagging onto this whole sidereal confluence thing, but that just looks like you're pushing cubes around. This one actually has good theme attached to it, and you do feel like you're one of those corporations with a secret agenda in that. Pushing cubes around for text doesn't seem to appeal to me. Finish off my tea. I'm going to have to go a bit quicker through this. All right, I'm, if, if I don't recognize the name, I'm just going to skip through it now because otherwise we'll be here forever. Uh, unless I get really tempted. But I think I should recognize most of these games going forward. So, 65, just one. Good little uh, party game. I don't, I'm not sure it would be good enough to hit my top 100, but it certainly does the trick. It gets new people in the games. It's very simple. It's so simple, in fact, I'm jealous I didn't think of it. 64, Blood Rage, overrated. I prefer Rising Sun personally, and even then, that's starting to show its age a bit just because I spent so much on a game but can only play it so often. Blood Rage... Felt too much like a Euro game with the way it worked with the cards and even then the, the quests, they're just point cards. Some of the strategies in it were too overpowered, like the Loki one. I kind of lost faith in that. 63 Concordia, garbage, garbage, oh, it is hot garbage. 62 Ethnos. I liked Ethnos, it was a neat idea, but very bad aesthetics, not great artwork, and I kind of just got a bit bored with it after a while. I mean, a lot of it is luck of the draw of the cards, and I think that just sort of grated after a while. Uh, 61, Metropolis. Not played that one. Uh, don't think I'll ever get a chance to. 60, Welcome To. Why does everybody go mad for Welcome To? It's just another roll and write, and it's a solo roll and write. It doesn't matter how many, it doesn't matter if you can get 60 people in the room playing Welcome To. You don't affect each other. There's no point in them being there. It's just another roll and write. Overrated. 59, the game. Shem, I'm starting to lose faith in you, man. First you put the mind on here, and then you put the game even higher. Basically, think about what I said about the mind, and you've got the game. Pretty much the same thing. Right. Uh, Calico, 58. Uh, Calico's a nice little game. I mean, I gave it a, I've given it a review. Check out that uh, on my channel. I gave it a 7, spoiler alert, but uh, I thought it was fine. I just think it's a bit more of a push-a-luck game than it is a tactical tile laying game because you are kind of at the mercy of the tiles there's only so much you can plan for but it's very pretty nice little theme and kitty cats are cute kitty cat kitty cat i really want a cat uh maybe when i've got a girlfriend yeah that would ever happen but yeah if i ever get a girlfriend then uh i'd love for us to have a cat certainly more than i would want to have kids anyway 57 citadels yes well done you've at least got the citadels higher than the battalia i'll take that citadels Ah, uh, go watch my video where I said why Citadels went up in ratings for me, and you will find out my thoughts on that one. 56, Thunderbirds. Interesting. A pandemic-y game with Thunderbirds as a theme. Aesthetics were faithful, even though they could have been a bit better, and I do think that it's a bit random as to how things could just really go out of phase, but it represented the Thunderbirds theme very well, and I did get a bit of a nostalgic... Uh, you know, high note from this game. I didn't watch the series when I was young, but who hasn't heard of Thunderbirds? <laughs> so, you know, and I must admit, I, I do think that puppetry is an underrated medium in terms of an art form. I mean, just look at the Muppets and check things like 
Jim Henson stuff like Labyrinth and that. And if you have not watched uh, the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance series on Netflix, uh, don't know if it's still on Netflix anymore. If not, download it. Watch it. Uh, 55 in the Hall of the Mountain King. Now, I'll look up this one because people are telling me like crazy, play in the Hall of the Mountain King. It's amazing. Play it, play it, play it, play it. I've ah, the problem is, by the looks of it, I mean, the premise sounds really good. And I hear it, the pictures don't do it justice. People are saying it looks really good. The pictures aren't showing it off for me. But this idea of it being, I think it's a deck builder. I'm not sure what it is, actually. Does it say the mechanics on here? Uh, working on the same cascading production. Is it deck builder? I think it's a deck builder. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, whatever. Like I say, the mechanics sound cool. The problem is I don't get a chance to play a lot of multiplayer games lately and it says two to five players there. Is there a solo mode? If so, let me know in the comments if there is and whether I'll enjoy it. If so, I'll make a note to buy this with my next Satu sponsorship and, you know, try and give it a solo review. But uh, I do want to play this really badly. Like this is really high up on my want to try list. Problem is multiplayer, COVID, lockdown. But he rates it highly, so... And given that Shem likes a lot of midweight Euros, given the designs he's making, that's uh, a pretty good game. 54, Hit Zero, not played it, but the theme of it sounds interesting, with the whole sort of like done as this, like, this little kid's creation in a zombie apocalypse, but not actually played it. 53, Cascadia, not heard of that one. 52, Brass, yeah. I can give it some respect, but my God. God, it's like overrated now. It's just everybody talking about it. Like everybody wants to play a bit of brass because apparently the industrial, like the industrial age of coal and iron is the best thing since sliced bread in terms of theme. I don't know. And, and people like to be mean to other people. That's why they love brass. 51 Kingdom Rush. Kingdom Rush, I, I need to play it again more times. I gave it a seven. I think it's still probably going to be a seven, but I do have the Kickstarter stuff downstairs now because my, they, Shout out to Lucky Duck Games. They replaced my pledge, which got stolen by, or misdelivered, shall we say. I say stolen by FedEx. So they were very kind to replace it. It's downstairs. I just need to unbox it in that. Maybe I just need to give this one another try. But I still think the difficulty curve is way too much, especially in solo mode. But maybe it's better when you add more players or play multi-handed. But I do want to give it another chance. 50, Dead of Winter. Nah, it's too long. Zombie co-op, some semi-co-op nature of this hurts it. The idea that, you know, we can survive, but I don't win because I'm not hogging the most toothbrushes and uh, I would sooner let the game tank than carry on because I'm not, I'm not holding all the baked beans, therefore I don't win. It's like, nah, it doesn't work. 49, exit the game. I like the unlock games. I'm kind of done with exit now. I've played enough of them. I'm kind of bored, but uh, yeah, they're cool. If you like uh, escape room stuff, then they're definitely good. 48, Imhotep. Oh, that's pretty high for Imhotep. It's still on my shelf, though, as well as the dual version. It is nice. It's very dry, pretty cutthroat, but then I don't mind a cutthroat game and a short game. And Imhotep's about an hour long, but you've got a good amount of variety in it. You've even got an expansion to add more, and it's a neat little system with the little boats and sending stone blocks to these various locations to get points. It's very cool. 47, Draftosaurus. Not played this one. Not played it. Uh, 46, Nemesis. I did back the entire collector's, like, all-in version of Lockdown, sorry, um, of Nemesis when I booked for the Lockdown one. I was just going to get only Lockdown, and then for some reason the completionist in me said get everything. It was a pretty good deal, though. I mean, it was expensive, and I had to basically use a side client's uh, fee for that one. But um, it does, it was a good value, and it is a cool game when you play it with people who aren't slow as anything but the fact that they are improving the solo mode in it and using an app for it as well means yee, i can get uh, good fun out of that one i hope 45 project delete it's okay i'd give it a six i think it's a bit too hard to play at lower player counts you have to play this with higher player counts in order to get the most out of it i don't know i didn't it didn't work for me as much 44 la Havre. tom vassal's favorite game of all time spoiler alert but uh yeah, it's, it's good. I do think it's good if you play with the house rule that you charge one franc of interest per loan you have, not in total for all your loans. If you play with the base set rules, the game is broken. I will just take as many loans as I can, accelerate like crazy, and pay them back with ease at the end of the game. It's just too broken. Put the house rule in, though, instantly fixed, and then it's a cool game. 43, Cartographers. It's another roll and write. It's fine. I mean, it tried to do something a little different, but even then, it just... Felt like every other roll and write. Splendor Marvel 42. 
well, I don't care which version you have. I have Splendor with the expansion. Splendor Marvel. Pick your poison. I wouldn't put it that high on my list, but it is a good game. You know, my parents have really enjoyed this one. 41 by Order of the Queen. Well, just to give you something to look at, uh, by Order of the Queen. I have never heard of this one. This is definitely going to be interesting. Come on, by Order of the Queen. Ranks 5,999. That's an interesting number. 2017. Not many voters. This is going to be an obscure game, I think. Uh, okay, a cooperative two to four player game with a fantasy role playing game theme. Players take on the role of one of the guilds, working together to dispatch heroes to important quests to combat monsters and complete the Queen's orders. Designed to give players a full fantasy campaign into one 90 minute game by giving players just the highlights of a role playing adventure. Okay, so it's basically a generic fantasy co op game. I mean, yeah, that's not a bad picture. I mean, the characters look a little bit weird but i get the impression yeah, yeah it's kind of like a uh easy mat no but the artwork on the cover was good i'm not sure i'd like the artwork on the cards it's a little bit basic kind of looks like a kind of munchkin thing here but uh i mean it could be cool maybe the gameplay is better than the aesthetics uh you know the concept sounds cool but never heard of it Okay, uh, where are we at? 40. Oh, cool. I'm going to lose my voice at this rate. <laughs> Help me. Help me. Help me. <laughs> 40. Dice Forge. Interesting dice game. I just thought it was too long for what it was. And quite expensive for what it was. 39. Code Names. I wouldn't put it that high. And I'm kind of done with code names. If I'm going to give code names any credit, code names pictures is the one I would pick because I do like the, the whole Dixit picture scene and it kind of works with this. But I do give code names duet some credit. I like the idea of the two-player version. I think it's a nice little two-player game. Don't expect that on my two-player-only games this time. Troyer's number 38. Still never played this one, but everything about it is telling me that I will probably dislike the game. So uh, I'll play any game once. That is uh, my golden rule, you know, because I have been surprised by games that I thought I wouldn't like that I turn out to love. That's why I'll try anything once. So I will try it if someone shows me it. 37, Pillars of the Earth. Good man. Lightweight. Yes, the old ones are still sometimes the best. That is a very good worker placement game. One of the most beautiful boards ever by Michael Menzel. Proof that, you know, unlike people who made Praga, Kaput, Regne and a few other boards lately, it is possible to make a beautiful board that's still functional. Just get Michael Menzel to do it. I wonder what he's doing these days. 36, no thanks. That is high for a tiny little filler, but okay, fair enough. Wait, go away, virus protection. Uh, let's see, 35, Deception, I'm assuming that's Deception Murder in Hong Kong, great, great choice, that is a really good social deduction game, I have not played that in a long time though, it seems to have lost its edge, you know, in terms of getting it to the table as often as it used to, well maybe that's just COVID talking, 34, Mechs versus Minions, never tried, didn't get it when it came out, I don't think I'm gonna want to justify the expense for it, especially as it seems to be better as a co-op than a solo game, but I would try it, I've just never played it. 33, Fleet the Dice Game. Well, I didn't enjoy Fleet, so I doubt I'll enjoy Fleet the Dice Game. 32, Rising Sun. Oh, boy, Rising Sun, he is higher on your list. Okay, fair enough. I shall give you credit for that. Where are we up to now? 53 minutes, all right? Well, let's speed on a bit. But yeah, Rising Sun, I do prefer it. It just costs an arm and a leg. I spent way too much money on it. But if I'm going to pick this or Blood Rage or this new Ankh that's coming out, based on what I'm seeing for Ankh at the moment, I'd still pick Rising Sun. Friday 1, Terraforming Mars. Well, you can't get them right all the time, Shem, can you? I mean, it's uh, it's okay if you have three players max and play with Prelude, fine, and maybe use the app because the app's a little bit quicker than playing the physical game. But too many players or not using Prelude just makes the game way too long. And, you know, it should be a shorter game for what, basically, it's a drafting game. This new one that's coming out, though, hmm, we'll have to see. It sounds like it's just going to milk the, uh, the license in order to try and get uh, people do it go in for it but i'll try it 30 ganschlong clever it's fine it's another rolling right 29 sagrada much prefer role player but sagrada is a decent enough little game but i do find that where you choose at the start how difficult your board is there is no incentive to choose a difficult board because the the bonuses that you get in a, in as a compensation do not outweigh the fact that your board is just that much more prone to getting screwed uh 28 tiny towns i think this is overrated sorry aeg but i just didn't get into this i mean you know just putting tiny little buildings on a basic grid the basic rules is just a complete luck fest with flipping the card over the master part of the rules is better 
But still, I just didn't really get into this one that much. But for some reason, a lot of people like it. 27 on Mars. This has got to be the heaviest game in your list so far. But yeah, it's on my shelf. Just God knows when it will ever get played, considering how hard it is to teach and learn. I mean, even though Paul Grogan worked on the rules, the fact that Paul Grogan worked on the rules for this is the only reason it's playable. Because he did such a good job in making the rulebook accessible. But, cool, blimey, if anyone else had done the rulebook, I don't think it would be playable. Uh, Terra Mystica 26, nah. I mean, it's fine. I enjoyed it for a bit, but then I got bored with the dryness and it kind of just, it took too long. It was a long game. There was a lot of downtime. Uh, Gaia Project was a bit of an improvement, but again, it just kind of, um, Gaia Project's just too fiddly as well. I mean, trying to understand where things can move and that on that planet board is just mind-bender in itself. 25, Roll for the Galaxy. I prefer race, and even then I would only play race with two players. Roll for the Galaxy is fine, but I just find it takes too long. I, I'd play it maybe on Board Game Arena just because it's speeded up a bit, but the problem is if you have somebody who just APs over their turn, you're there for ages just waiting, and then you're at the mercy of the dice anyway. 24, Lisboa. I do prefer that slightly to on Mars. Uh, very heavy game again. Hey, ball late to teach. 23 Downforce. Oh, that is high for Downforce, but Downforce is a superb racing game. Cannot knock that one, and I've got Wild Ride finally. I just haven't had a chance to test it because of COVID. Come on. I think, though, that the Board Game Arena odd for it has Wild Ride built into it, so maybe I should try that. 22 Coimbra. That is high for Coimbra. But fair enough. I mean, Coimbra is still in my collection. It's occasionally fighting for a place on my shelf because it's kind of one of the more lower rated games that's still in my collection but uh when i play it i do enjoy it it's got a cool card system i like the pick push and pull with the dice i do think that the uh purple track is too powerful though i do think it's a bit out of balance i think it could maybe use a proper expansion not the stupid mini one they made but uh yeah i mean i still like coinbra i wouldn't put it this high but i still like it Journeys to Middle-earth, 21. Nicely done, mate. I mean, I can't remember where I put mine, but it was pretty high. Maybe only just slightly higher than that. But Journeys to Middle-earth, I need to get back to that, actually. I've been so busy with work and everything. I just haven't had time to resume the campaign. I've been going for the Shadowed Paths one, you know, the new expansion one. I think I'm only three, four missions in. And then I had to put it down to do the Tainted Grail uh, last night campaign in full. And then work's just taking up so much time. But I need to get back to it. I want to get back to killing spiders. <laughs> Uh, 20, Carcassonne. Wow, that is high. That is high for Carcassonne. Still on my shelf. I play it as a gateway game, but I'm starting to lose interest in it. I mean, it, especially when I'm only playing the base game of it after time. I need expansions. 19, Ticket to Ride Europe. I give credit. I mean, I wouldn't specifically choose Europe as my favorite because I think the stations ruin that game, really. I mean, I know you can play it as an optional rule, but the board's kind of designed to have them in. But... And also, it's a bit more luck-filled than the other maps because of the tunnels and that. But I still, like I say, Ticket to Ride is still fantastic. I will constantly say that I think it should be the number one game on Board Game Geek just for how influential and how much of a evergreen it is and how much it's done for the hobby, more than Gloomhaven by a mile. But yeah, Ticket to Ride, 19. I'm glad it's that high, but uh, I would still put UK as my favorite map. 18. In fact, actually, if you want to know my thoughts on the Ticket to Ride maps, you can go check out my top 10 list I did in September last year. Uh, Castles of Burgundy, 18. Well, like I said, you can't get them all right. I wonder if this is going to be one of the ones I talk about on a board game ramblings top 10 when I do that one. Because I know they love Castles of Burgundy and I just don't get why it is dry, it is boring, and it's like... I mean, I, would I rather play Marco Polo? I don't know. I mean, that one's unbalanced as all get out, but at least there's a bit more interesting stuff to do in it. This is just typical failed dryness and I don't get it. It's not even, it feels like it should be a 30 to 60 minute game, and yet it still takes 90 to 2 hours. It's ridiculous. 17, Gentes. That is high and unexpected, but uh, I mean, Gentes is okay. I, I liked it enough when I played it, but after about 3 or 4 plays, I was kind of done with it. In fact, I talked about this a bit more on the Board Game Co. Uh, one that I did. I think they fired Gentes at me, so check out part 2 on Alex's channel. I talk a bit more about Gentes then. 16, San Juan. Nice, nice. I wouldn't have put it anywhere near this high, but San Juan's in my collection, and I think it is an underrated game. I mean, if you're going to look at the Race for the Galaxy slash Puerto Rico style things, then I would happily play San Juan over all of them. I mean, I know it's more closer to Puerto Rico than it is Race for the Galaxy, but there are some similarities. But yeah, I mean, San Juan is brilliant. 
Really cool game. Probably need to up my rating of it, actually, because I do enjoy that one. 15 Love Letter? Love Letter is your 15 most popular game. Only 14 games in your mind are better than Love Letter. Look, Love Letter is good. It was a revolution in micro games, and I still play it often with the family. My parents like it. But 15 in your top 100. Love Letter. No. <laughs> Not that high. 14, Zolkin. Tassini's uh, first game, I think, that brought him to my attention. Uh, I mean, I like Zolkin. It's a bit complicated for what it is. I'm going to mess around with those wheels, but uh, I liked how it worked. I thought the mechanisms were pretty good. I wasn't bothered by the theme, to be honest. I know a lot of people were, but, you know, I just look at it as board game art at the end of the day. But, yeah, I mean, it's a cool game. I probably need to play it more now and maybe give a better verdict on it, but I think I prefer his other games. Uh, Lewis and Clark, 13. Now, I thought this game was good. With one massive problem, that means I wouldn't want to play it again. Anything over two players is way too long. <laughs> so it is way too long. It is a two-player game, and even then, it's not a short game. But it was quite cool. Uh, you were trying to, like, it was like a slow race, which I wasn't a fan of, but I liked the card play that you did with the natives and stuff like that. I thought that was really cool. 12, Asara. Okay, hopefully this will be the last one I need to uh, look up on the internet. Asara, 2010. Rank 1083. So people must know this exists then. For it to only be that. Michael Kiesling and Wolfgang Kramer. I have never heard of this game. You take on the role of wealthy to bring the most prestige to your name through constructing the largest and ornate towers in the city. All right, this is not exactly original, but... The play is played over four rounds, during which you'll be acquiring the pieces for your towers and assembling them. Given a hand of cards, you play a card from your hand to an action space on the board. This allows you to get pieces, money, build a portion of the towers, blah, blah, blah. Sounds interesting. I mean, I it's given me a similar vibe to Palaces of Carrera in terms of its theme, and I think Palaces of Carrera is a better-sounding game. Color is a little bit all over the shop there. I'm not entirely sure what's what, but I mean, this could be interesting. Uh... I don't know. I would try this one, but never, never, never heard of it. Okay. All right. Nearly there. Uh, number 11, Azul. I do like Azul, and I still think the original is better than the other two, but I wouldn't put it anywhere near this high. It's still on my shelf, though. Yeah, it is over there, along with Reef. I still prefer Reef. All uh, right. It's top 10 for Shem Phillips. Endeavor, Age of Sail, number 10. It was okay. My friend has shown me it, but I need to play it more with... Not the modules, because apparently Alex told me on this episode that the modules make it a bit too weird and complicated. But apparently I need to play it with the expansion. So I'll try again with the expansion. It was it was fine. I enjoyed it. It was just another dry Euro, though. Uh, nine, King Domino. Nah, I, I wasn't a fan of this one. It, I mean, it's fine. It does what it says in the tin, but I would never put it as my ninth favorite game. I mean, come on. Number eight, Village. Village was okay, but... I don't know. There were certain parts of the game that was so hard to do because it was restricted how to get into it. But the theme of it was fine, and I thought it was okay. I mean, I would I'd say it was above average. A six. I've just never really sought it out, really. Number seven, role player. Well done. Well done, Shem. Yes, as much as you have got a Sagrada on your list, you recognize that role player is better. And wow, number seven. I mean, good on you. Role player is really good, especially when you get the expansions. Oh, that could be another one. Monsters and Minions. I'll make a mental note of that as well. Uh, number six, Valeria Card Kingdoms. Average. But it was okay, but I just didn't think much of it. It didn't have a unique bone in its body. I swear it was ripping off something else. Number five, Everdale. Everdale. Everdale's good. I like it. I'm starting to get a bit bored seeing the same cards turn up all the time. I need to play it with the second expansion. I've played it plenty of times with the first, but... It's still not enough card variety. You just see the same stuff come up all the time. But, and certainly the balance of the cards was not particularly great. Some cards are way better than others. But I want to try it with the uh, Spire Crest one or whatever it is. The one that has you exploring with the little rabbit and stuff. That looked pretty cool. And it is a good game. I don't dislike it. I just, I think I'm starting to get a little bit like done with it. Uh, number four, Scythe. Well done. Well done. Scythe. Yay. Number four. Still love it. Right behind me. Excellent game. Number three, Shem, you've just lost all the goodwill that I just gave you for that number four. Three is Great Western Trail. People, realize the truth. Not a good game. Overrated. Number two, Underwater Cities. Wow. For, for you, Shem, that's unexpected. But uh, 
fair play. Underwater Cities is a 10 out of 10 for me. I do think this is a fantastic Euro game. It is dry as bone, but I love the tactical card play in it. It's like you can only so much have a strategy in this game. You have to react to what cards you get and how the board state changes. And I really like how that works. And number one, Pandemic. Wow. Out of all the games in the world, Pandemic's your number one. I mean, I suppose that makes you close to Z Garcia in a sense, even though a lot of the other games on your list aren't close to what Z Garcia likes. But, uh, I mean, Pandemic's good. I still have Pandemic Iberia on my shelf. It's the my favorite of the lot. I'm kind of burnt out on a lot of the Pandemic stuff now, though, especially when it's getting recycled every five seconds. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's cool. So, yeah, wow, I'm losing my voice, and I better get back to some work, so I'm sure my boss is going to have a go at me if I don't get back to some work. So, uh... Yeah, and that's been, what, an hour and five minutes? So you've had a nice extended podcast. But uh, well done, Shem, for putting out this top 100, especially when you literally just put it on Twitter and didn't do a video or anything. I mean, that's a lot of effort to do a top 100 and literally just put it out as a tweet. So fair play to you, mate. But, uh, you know, keep making good games. You're doing a good job. I look forward to seeing what the uh, expansion for uh, Architects of the West Kingdom you're doing this year, the second one. Don't bloat the game, please. It works great for being streamlined. Just give me more apprentices and more cards. That's all I want. But we'll see what you got. Although a big storage box would be very useful, okay? So yeah, I look forward to that. I look forward to seeing what else comes out from Garp Hill Games in general. Maybe the next trilogy along the line. We shall see. But uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed that. So I'm going to sign off now. Take care, everyone. Uh, you know, Best of luck dealing with lockdowns and COVID and that. Hope you get a chance to watch some of the content I've already been mentioning. Hope you check out Board Game Perspective and look up their channel on Instagram and YouTube. And also, hopefully, you can join me and Board Game Ramblings, as well as Ryan and Bethany Board Games, for our two live sessions coming up in February. So, uh, hope you enjoy them, because I am looking forward to them big time. Gonna be nervous, though. First time I've had guests on live. It's going to be uh, interesting, but hopefully I'll be prepared. So, take care, and remember, as always, people, it's only a game. Love you all. Bye for now.